0: Welcome to That's Good Sports, I'm Brandon. The Broncos aren't as good as I hoped, but I'm okay with that, Perna. Is it because I've been beaten into submission? No. It's actually because there are some positive things happening with this team that nobody wants to fucking talk about. Denver is 3-6. And on their bye, well, they were on their bye week. I meant to post this video Saturday, but it's a little late. I wanted to use this episode to talk about some of the players, uh, the issues that I haven't had time to discuss, everything from John Elway, the GM, uh, to surprise performers like Alexander Johnson, and why none of this matters, really, until they find a viable quarterback. Let's get sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave? Well, not closing your eyes when you do it, but also using Harry's. Now, I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, with an easy glide and has a low price. Do us a favor and check out harries.com blue wire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harries.com blue wire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today and keep those eyes open when you shave the broncos are three and six and by my math that is a losing record And it puts them at the bottom of the AFC West, even though the Chargers are coming in hot for that last spot. Now, I believe the Broncos are better than their 3-6 record and also exactly as good as their 3-6 record. Both of those things can be true, as their defense has grown into a unit that is far better than that number. Uh, The offense has been exactly a losing record type team for most of the season, and that is because the offensive line is dicey at best, and Denver still hasn't figured out the quarterback situation. But Drew Locke has finally started practicing, but the Broncos have not revealed a plan for him. So... To the offensive line, especially the tackle positions. It is still an area of concern and arguably John Elway's greatest area of failure as a GM. The Garrett Bowles pick was the wrong pick, and no matter who they sign to play right tackle, it doesn't work. You can't, you can't blame new signee, Jawan James, for his injuries this season, and maybe he can get healthy and maybe he will be solid, but at this point, it's still another failure. I should at least acknowledge that Elijah Wilkinson has played pretty good in back-to-back weeks. But another thing to keep an eye on is how the quarterback affects the offensive line. In a small sample size with Brandon Allen, the line looked more competent against a tough Browns pass rush, and part of that is due to Allen being able to maneuver the pocket and scramble when there's nothing open, something Joe Flacco called wasting my precious energy. Now, John Elway should have drafted Lamar Jackson, and so should have every other team who was in the market for a quarterback in that draft. That is clear and obvious now. Everyone wants to bitch about Elway not finding the next franchise quarterback. Like that was magically supposed to happen after one of, if not the best quarterbacks to ever play the game retired in Peyton Manning. Should former QB John Elway reevaluate how he evaluates QBs in the most inception-like way possible? Yes. But finding a franchise quarterback is, uh, difficult. It's like the hardest thing to do unless you're the Colts or Packers. Right now, the last quarterback taken in the first round, Lamar Jackson is better than Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Josh Rosen, all guys taken before him. So forgive me for not wanting to piss in Elway's face for failing at drafting the most difficult position in sports. But those are the negatives, the positive. The Denver defense is playing well with guys you've never fucking heard of. Alexander Johnson was named to the Pro Football Focus Team of the Month, and whether or not you agree with Pro Football Focus's grades... That's impressive. Before you ever decide, though, to talk shit about Elway's ability to evaluate talent, keep in mind that the team had a giant hole at inside linebacker before Elway reached under the couch cushions and found Alexander Johnson, who hasn't played since 2014 prior to this season. He gets inserted into the lineup in week five against the Chargers and all he's done is compile 41 tackles, a sack and a half, three passes defended, and an interception. That's the most tackles for any Bronco player through five games ever. The osteoporosis bus driver has been a major reason this defense has been one of the best in the league since he and Mike Purcell, another scrap heat pickup, joined the starting lineup. So first, credit John Elway, second, credit Vic Fangio, and then third, credit John Elway for hiring Vic Fangio. Then we've got Deontay Spencer, a guy I've wanted to talk about. Before you talk any more shit though about John Elway's ability to evaluate talent, keep in mind the team had a giant hole at punt returner for the last Five years before Elway reached under the Chesterfield, that's what Canadians call a couch, and found Deontay Spencer. Spencer is averaging 8.4 yards per punt return, uh, 29 per kick return with longs of 42 and 60 in each category. I'd say he reminds me of Trendon Holiday but at 5'8 he even makes Holiday look like his own personal mini me. And the fact that I never worry about him dropping a punt is really all I wanted and I think he's going to break one. The secondary. Every part of the Broncos secondary is playing better. The defense took a little time to come together. We were slapped in the face with the sackless, turnoverless unit for what, four weeks? But now, halfway through the season, more than halfway through the season, with very little help from the offense, it is fourth in the league, allowing just 202 passing yards per game. Bryce Callahan was the plan to start opposite of Chris Harris. Due to complications from his ankle surgery, that is yet to happen. Isaac Yadam was plan B. That didn't work. Devontae Bosby was plan C. That was working until he suffered a scary neck injury. Devontae Harris and Duke Dawson were plan D and E. The fact that the secondary has been competent, even the guys that aren't Chris Harris, is a testament to the scouting, compiling depth, and the ability, the ability to develop defensive players and their ability to scheme to their strengths, which is what good teams do. I'm not even saying that these guys are elite or shut down corners or the long-term solution. What I am saying is Ed Donatelle and Vic Fangio have done a hell of a job to get the best out of these players. All the guys I just talked about, Paris, Duke Dawson, Malik Reed, Alexander Johnson, they all played zero defensive snaps before landing in Denver. Todd Davis, Shelby Harris, and Mike Purcell, uh, that's two undrafted guys in a seventh-round draft pick. Back to Mike Purcell for a second. He'd been cut 10 times before, before this season, and he's playing the best football of his life, as is Derek Wolf right now. Sometimes guys just need to find the right system to excel. Sometimes they just need to be given a chance. Sometimes they need the right coach to utilize their skills. I think some combination of that is occurring right now. Another point is recognizing players who are capable of growth. Some guys don't adapt, and you have to give credit to Mike Purcell himself for constantly working on his game. It's not an accident he went from a fringe player to a solid starter. Then we have Justin Simmons, who owns the longest active streak of consecutive snaps played at 1,582 among NFL defensive players since the start of 2018 season. His contract has to be priority number one for the Broncos, as he will be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. I hope they get a deal done during this current season and Simmons becomes the first player in Broncos history to play in 5,280 consecutive snaps. 52.80 for Simmons at mile high. Unless someone else has already done that. That's a stat that seems like a lot of work to look up. Quarterbacks, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, what do we want from these guys? Uh, just remember, before you say one goddamn Fucking word about John Elway and his ability to evaluate quarterback talent. Remember, John Elway found John Elway and told the Colts to suck it before becoming a Denver Bronco. Then he ditched that virgin for Peyton Manning, which won the Broncos another Super Bowl, and that was before he found Brandon Allen hiding in Joe Flacco's neck vertebrae. Maybe if Allen keeps winning, this could turn into a quarterback controversy for Denver, which is a good thing because it implies they have two quarterbacks worth playing. Did we actually learn anything about Brandon Allen after one game? Not really. Let me see what he looks like after playing the Bills and the Vikings defense. He does add mobility, which is important for the rich Scangarello scheme. That scheme is instead of taking a sack, let's run to the left or right and throw with play action. The plan for 2019 slash 2020 was and may still be Joe Flacco. They looked at Locke as a two-year project. I don't know if that's right. I don't believe you can break a quarterback by playing him. If a QB gives up because he's bad and the game is hard, he's not your guy. Remember when you first watched Game of Thrones and you were like, who the fuck are all these characters? What the hell is going on? Why do I wanna see more of this brother-sister sex stuff? It was confusing, but you binged that shit until it made sense. That's how you coach a quarterback. Now, Joe Flacco getting injured is probably the best thing that could have happened for the Broncos offense. I don't mean that in a mean way, or that I wished Flacco would jack up his neck, or wait, is it jack his neck up? If Jack isn't followed by off, I always confuse the order. But if he is not the answer moving forward, and I firmly believe he is not, you have to keep exploring quarterback options until you find something. Is that Brandon Allen? I don't know. Is that Drew Locke? I don't know. But the sooner we get a sample size big enough from both of those guys to evaluate, then you can know and add players accordingly. And then the sexy skill positions, I actually feel pretty good about. Cortland Sutton is a very good wide receiver. We know that. They got to find somebody to replace Emmanuel Sanders' production I don't know if that's going to be Deshaun Hamilton. I was very high on Hamilton, but we haven't seen a lot out of him on the field. So I'm thinking he might not be the guy. But I feel like once you solve the quarterback conundrum, then you can excel with your skill players. Noah Fant finally had a pretty damn good game. And if he turns into a real receiving threat at tight end, that is something to be excited about. Then we have State of the Kickers. Not much to say other than the Gooch Master has been splitting the Gooch at a good rate thus far. 15 of 17 on field goals if you take out the 64-yarder in the infield dirt in Oakland. In a league where it seems like there's more uncertainty at kicker than ever, and every extra point is an adventure, McManus has always been steady, and that's a great asset to have for the team. It's chaos at that position. There are 17 kickers hitting less than 80% of their kicks. Robbie Gold is the highest-paid kicker ever, and he's only made 13 of his 20 attempts. If you can find a reliable one, you keep him. Like a good woman. You don't need the hottest girl. Just one who won't cheat on you with your older, taller brother who always looks cool in a leather jacket. Kobe Wadman, he's been okay. If if anything, a little inconsistent. 40% of his punts land inside the 20-yard line, but only 44.2 yards per punt, which is 25th best in the league. So, not great. Uh, not an immediate need though for the team but probably a position they can upgrade when they have the chance state elway a hip thing to do is to shit on john elway for every broncos problem ever if i learned anything from john elway though it's that you blame dan reeves for that shit Mark Schlereth had to apologize uh, after ripping Elway on ESPN, which opened the floodgates for the national media to start shitting on Elway due to the Emmanuel Sanders trade because Sanders was playing well with, you know, an undefeated football team. Look, I'm not an Elway apologist. He has had some big whiffs post Peyton Manning but let's give him credit for something very important. He knew before anyone on Earth not to take Adam Gase seriously as a head coaching candidate. That has to mean something. Adam Gase makes Vance Joseph look like Vince Lombardi. Adam Gase has held a grudge against John Elway ever since, which is like being a personal assistant for Robert Downey Jr. and holding a grudge against Marvel for not letting you direct the next Avengers movie. Somehow people have been praising the Broncos for getting guys like Alexander Johnson or Malik Reed, Devontae Harris, and Mike Purcell without giving Elway any credit. But when other players don't work, it immediately goes on Elway's shoulders. People constantly bring up how talented this team is outside of quarterback, but for whatever reason, that's in spite of of the general manager, the guy who's in charge of putting the team together. I'm aware this is making me sound like the biggest uh, LA defender and I am not, but the irrational evaluation of his performance puts me in a place where I have to defend him just to create balance. Like when you need a drink after getting too high. Could he do better? Sure, but there are a lot of GMs I would not want in place of Elway. State of the ownership, my official stance on the ownership scuffle is that who knows. But my concern is that we know what happens when teams have bad ownership. Look at the teams like the Jets right now, the Redskins Potatoes, and the Browns. Few dysfunctional franchises that are able to disguise their ineptitude every now and then, but are incapable of sustained success. God forbid the Bolin children all end up killing each other in some type of battle royale for the keys to the stadium. I'm assuming that's what makes you an owner, right? And Jeff Bezos swoops in immediately to buy the team, which sounds enticing until you realize he just wants to put a roof on Mile High Stadium and use it for an Amazon storage facility. And that's your State of the Denver Broncos episode here on That's Good Sports. Vikings-Broncos prediction will be going up Friday or Saturday morning. Football news all week here. You know how this works. Big shout out to Wilkie 6 for helping me write this episode. And sorry I didn't get it up earlier. But it is what we said it wasn't. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.